It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. I am your host, Julian Council, and we are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is another Friday mailbag, so we're going to get into that on the show, but make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, and on Odyssey, and pretty much wherever you find your podcast. Now, I will say this. We've had some issues the last couple days when it comes to uh, Apple and iTunes and the podcast populating. I did see that Thursdays did not come up unless you subscribe. So please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe then. But um, it's weird. I don't know what's going on with that. So hopefully, by the time you're listening to this Friday's show, everything will be good as it pertains to Apple Podcasts. But again, that's why we have Spotify. That's why we're on Odyssey. That's why we're on Stitcher. That's why we're pretty much everywhere when it comes to the Locked On Panthers podcast hosted by me, Julian Council. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Also, please uh, make sure to DM me anytime you have questions for the Friday Mailbag, which we have going on today. Also, before we get there, though, Joe Person of The Athletic, who quote-tweeted Adam Schefter's tweet the other day, the report that the Carolina Panthers are talking about moving back from 8th overall. Joe Person had some intel on Thursday morning on the Carolina Panthers and what they're thinking about doing heading into the NFL draft. And that's where we'll start off the show today. So, Joe Person of The Athletic, been covering the Carolina Panthers for a while, used to be at the Charlotte Observer, now covering the Athletic, and now covering the Panthers for The Athletic, rather, saying Panthers draft lead up, what I'm hearing on Justin Fields, trading back and top cornerbacks. So since being traded to the Panthers a little more than two weeks ago, Sam Donald has talked with reporters via video conference, thrown a Christian McCaffrey in Southern California, and taped a nine-minute segment on Southern Food for the team's social media. What hasn't happened yet is the Carolina Panthers saying officially that they plan to pick up Sam Donald's fifth-year option. Of course, we've spoken about this in an introductory video conference that he had last Monday. Matt Rule spoke to the media as well and was asked about whether the Panthers have picked up his fifth-year option, something that has not happened, but it is important to bring up. And that's something that has to be that has to happen by May 3rd. The draft is next week, April 29th through May 1st. It's important to bring up that no team in the NFL really has picked up and exercised that fifth-year option. And let's remember, Sam Darnold is not the only player on this roster that's waiting to have their fifth-year option exercise. You also have to look at wide receiver DJ Moore, who I'd assume will have that fifth year of his deal picked up. So the Carolina Panthers have yet to do that as well as he's heading into the fourth year of his rookie deal. So DJ Moore, that has to happen by May 3rd as well. So that's something to look at. And a lot of teams actually have not gone out there and exercised the fifth-year option for their players. So that's something that was a little interesting when we heard about that. So... Maybe Rule and Fitterer are waiting to see what happens in the draft, which has led to the conversation that Joe said that they are intrigued by Justin Fields if he falls to them at the number eight pick. But as I've said, I really hope that the Panthers didn't just throw away three picks 
for a one-year rental on Sam Donald, even though I do believe that they probably are going to try and recoup some of those picks, whether they draft quarterback or not, in this upcoming draft next weekend, because that's kind of how Scott Fitter has been when in Seattle. But let's make it abundantly clear, y'all. The Panthers have basically kicked the tires on pretty much everyone out there when it comes to quarterback. Dwayne Haskins was a bust and a failure in Washington, D.C., mainly based off of just his immaturity, but also just turning the football over and not being that guy that the Washington football team needed. Matt Stafford, they got beat out by the Detroit Lions. Deshaun Watson, his own legal troubles. That was one I think a lot of people, including myself, really was hoping was going to happen. But that has not happened. Joe Person also says that the Panthers apparently are not enthralled with Matt Jones or Trey Lance. Matt Jones has been the quarterback that's been most identified and linked to going to number three overall to the San Francisco 49ers, who swapped this year's first-round pick and are giving away two future first-round picks for a quarterback. At three. They've said as much. What quarterback that's going to be? Mac Jones has been the media scuttlebutt. But I have a hard time seeing that happening. That Mac Jones would be the start of the San Francisco 49ers quarterback. Even though I think if he's put in that system because of it being Kyle Shanahan. And what they have around them with George Kittle. And having Debo Samuel. And having Brandon Ayuk. I think they have a really good chance to be good. Whoever is that quarterback in that system. So there's a potential that Fields could be there. But also... The talk about the Panthers wanting to trade back, according to Joe Person, is very real. Um, But you still have to find a team that's willing to come up. And that's what I wonder if a guy like Panay Sewell, who I want, again, Panay Sewell will re-riot. If he drops back to eight, are you really trying to move away from a player like that? Now, the two teams that Joe Person brings up that potentially could want to trade up with Carolina that need a quarterback are at number nine at Denver, who I keep talking about. That's who I want. In terms of the Carolina Panthers are not going to be at 8. They're not going to stay at 8. If they're going to make any trade in the first round, I want it to be the Denver Broncos moving up to 9. Um, it was their GM, George Payton, spoke on Thursday afternoon talking about how they like Drew Locke, but they want to bring in competition. Again, any quarterback that you like, you're not bringing in competition for them to potentially replace them if you really like that quarterback. And Drew Locke's only started 18 games, but that's where we are in the NFL. You, only, you barely get a chance to start a full season. They even prove that you are the guy and the team's ready to move on from you. Josh Allen with Buffalo, it's not like he was all world the first two seasons as a Bills quarterback. He did take him to a playoff one of those years. And then last year they saw you they won the AFC East. He was fantastic. And now there's talk that he's going to get a next to be the next quarterback to get one of these big deals. So they're giving up on quarterbacks a lot. And we just already saw here in Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater was never slated to be the franchise here. So a little different situation, but still, I don't, I'm not going to say that Drew Locke was ever slated to be the franchise in Denver, but we're seeing across the NFL where there's a conversation with Tua Tungabailoa down in Miami, whether he's the guy or not. The impatience is an, at an all-time high, and especially at the quarterback position. So Denver at nine is a team that Joe Person mentions potentially Carolina could trade back with, and also New England at 15, which is right there on that threshold of 16, 17, and 18, where Scott Fitterer says, you know, those players kind of get past that point. So 19 through 40 going into the first part of the second round are all pretty much the same player, which has kind of led me to believe that he's unlikely to move out of the top 10 considering in Seattle they never were in the top 10 and he sees an opportunity to get a really good player, but it really depends on who that player is. So they're intrigued by Justin Fields. They are interested potentially in trading back. And there's also some interest apparently that the Carolina Panthers really like some of the cornerbacks that are out there. So some of the top corners. So that's Patrick Sertan. That's J.C. Horn down in Columbia at the University of South Carolina. That's Greg Newsom. They are intrigued by those guys. So you have to also wonder, at eight, say that they 
lose out on Sewell. And maybe Slater's gone as well. Because I have seen reports that the Chargers could be looking up the trade to get a left tackle. So that could be a Sewell if he's there. Because, of course, he was a blindside for Justin Herbert for his two seasons at, for two seasons at Oregon. And then Slater, of course, would be a guy that's up there that they could be trying to trade up and get. So if that happens, then maybe you see Carolina, if they don't trade back at eight, take a cor- take a cornerback and a Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn. So that's some of the uh, talk that Joe Person has been able to get when it comes to the Carolina Panthers as we are less than a week out from the NFL draft. All right, so there's that. Now it's time to get to the Friday mailbag, but just in a minute. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that was surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. All right, let's do it again. Appreciate you guys again. Make sure you uh, tweet at me, at Julian Council. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Doing this pretty much every Friday throughout the rest of the offseason. Maybe we'll find time during the season as well for the weekly Friday mailbag. So ask me any questions you have about the Carolina Panthers. And if you have questions about me, you can also ask them. And I will try to get them in to the show. So let's start off first with JRV. Do you think the Panthers haven't exercised Darnold's fifth-year option to entice the Broncos to trade up? Kind of give the air of suspense that we might take a quarterback at eight. Possibly. I think it's all about the Panthers wanting to have options. That's why they brought in Sam Darnold to the Carolina, to this organization because they don't believe in, Te- in Teddy Bridgewater clearly. So I, he's not going to be an option for them. I can't imagine that PJ Walker or Will Greer are going to be options for them. This team, I don't even know if Will Greer and PJ Walker are both going to be on the roster this coming fall for the Carolina Panthers. So they wanted to have the option to have a guy like Sam Darnold, who is a former first rounder, as we know, we already know the story, former, former first rounder coming out of Southern Cal three number three overall pick. Terrible situation in New York. Now he comes here with Christian McCaffrey, who he's already worked out with in Southern California. Rob Anderson, who he played with in New York and had a lot of success with. Of course, DJ Moore coming off a back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving season. You had Dan Arnold. You had David Moore from Seattle, who's just coming off a career year, catching the ball from Russell Wilson. Joe Brady, of course, who will be one of the top head coaching candidates in this next cycle, already 
received a few interviews. There's plenty of reason for the Carolina Panthers to justify why they traded this year's six-round compensatory pick and a second and fourth in next year's draft to bring Sam Donald, who's only 23, going to be 24 when the season starts, to potentially be their quarterback and a guy that they could save. And a guy who maybe could be the franchise for them. So that's an option for them. But it never precluded them from being able to draft quarterback at eight. As much as I've talked about how I don't think they should do that, that's something that they could very well do. And Joe Person, as I already outlined, says the Panthers are intrigued by Justin Fields if he is there at eight. I don't see them trading up. And I don't necessarily know if they would trade back if he is available there at eight. It'll be interesting to see what happens next Thursday night. But I don't know if they're looking to entice the Broncos, per se. Like the Broncos, their GM, George Payton, said again on Thursday that he has not talked to anybody about trading up. Now, yes, teams have called him about trading back. And I'm going to imagine the Carolina Panthers sitting there at eight with Denver right behind them at nine are one of those teams that have asked the Denver Broncos, hey, I know y'all want a quarterback. Might have a quarterback sitting here. You want him, especially if it's Mac Jones, Trey Lance. We're not a fan. That Fields guy, though, I mean, if he's there, we might take him. But if he's not there and you want a quarterback, you like Mac Jones and Trey Lance, because we will definitely move back for you. So that's something to look at. So I don't know if they're trying to entice Denver per se, but I think they're trying to keep their options open. JRV, appreciate the, that question. All right, Kurt says, I get your stance about winning on Darnold. However... Doesn't this just scream the fact the Panthers don't love any of the quarterbacks in the draft, so I think Fields is out? Two, what they had waited and something crazy happens in draft, like New England or Las Vegas trading at the top seven, and then Denver goes from eh to need on Darnold and Carolina misses out on everything. Well, that could have happened. So, again, Joe Person says the Panthers are intrigued by Justin Fields. Obviously, they're not getting Trevor Lawrence. They're not getting Zach Wilson. Those guys are going 1-2 to Jacksonville, New York, the Jets, respectively. They don't love Mac Jones. They don't love Trey Lance, but they're intrigued by Fields. So... I also read between the lines when they decided to trade for Donald that that was going to be their starting quarterback in 2021. I still think that's going to be the case, whether they draft a guy on Thursday night or not. It would be a little confusing to me why you would draft a quarterback, but they do that, and that means that you don't pick up Sam Darnold's fifth-year option, and you would hope by that time you get to May 3rd where you need to make the decision on both Sam Darnold and DJ Moore, which DJ Moore is an obvious no-brainer. They're going to make that decision to give him the fifth-year option. You would hope by then you've already recouped potentially some picks in 2022 that you've already given up for Sam Darnold. Might not be a second, might not be fourth, but I mean, might not be a second. You could definitely get a fourth back, I, guess, I would hope. That maybe that's the way the situation plays out. So I still think Darnold's going to be the starter. And I would have preferred them to just kind of wait. But you, that's a good point you bring up there. Yeah, New England could trade up. I don't see Las Vegas trading up. Denver, absolutely. I mean, if they miss out. They could. We need a quarterback. They just want to bring in competition for Drew Locke. Certainly, they could have brought in Sam Darnold. They've already had conversations with the Jets, but they didn't have as intense conversations like the Carolina Panthers, who basically were bidding against themselves when it came to Sam Darnold. So, yeah, there's obviously the situation could have played in an alternative universe that the Carolina Panthers could have sat back, waited, and then knocked out a quarterback. But if that would have happened, then they would have had Teddy Bridgewater for one more year. And they would owe him nothing next year, and they could be back in 2022 trying to find a quarterback. And it could have been... The same case. It could still be the same case if they bring in Sam Darnold and they don't draft a quarterback that Sam Darnold turns out to still be no good and it wasn't just a Jet situation. It was just he's not a good quarterback. And the Panthers are right back here this time next year and we're having the same conversation about trying to find a franchise quarterback. So there's a ton of what-ifs, but I don't see anything guaranteed that we're not sitting here next year having the same conversation about the Carolina Panthers needing a quarterback. So moving on. Still more quarterback questions. 
Alex asked me, assuming Teddy gets traded and we get an extra day two pick, you have to pick one quarterback now. Either Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, Sam Ellinger, or Jamie Newman. Who you got? So that's Kyle Trask from Florida, Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, Davis Mills from Stanford, Sam Ellinger from Texas, or Jamie Newman from Wake Forest, who transferred to Georgia but then opted out of the 2020 season. Um, Yeah, I... Trask, I, I think that we, ha- and this is my friend Alex, by the way, so we've actually had this conversation at least about Kyle Trask, where I think we learned a lot about Kyle Trask and kind of what he was when he wasn't um, when we watched that game in the Cotton Bowl against that Oklahoma team, and he had all of his receivers, including Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney, all opt out of that game. He basically had no one to throw to, which you need weapons, obviously. You need guys to throw to, but I think it really proved also that he's not going to be elevating anyone around him, although, like, College talent, a lot different than NFL talent we're going to see on Sundays. So I'm not a huge Kyle Trask fan in terms of in the, in the, in the NFL. I loved him last year at Florida, but I just don't see him as an NFL guy. Davis Mills has barely played at Stanford. He's had multiple injuries. The only reason Davis Mills is even being talked about right now is because he's a former five-star. And some guys like him, just like a Kyle Allen, by no merit of his own did he make it to the NFL, really. I mean, it was, it was Trent Dilfer calling. All these teams being like, man, you got to check this kid out. He was a five-star. He couldn't cut it at AM, couldn't beat out Derek King or Kyle Postma at Houston, but he's a great kid. Give him a chance. So he got a chance. He looked okay for a little bit. Then he proved that he wasn't that very good. And then last year, unfortunately, he suffered a leg injury. Like Davis Mills, the same case for me. Davis Mills has done nothing in college at Stanford to prove he's an NFL quarterback. And there's been a ton of quarterback talk about him being the sixth guy in this draft going to the second round based off of absolutely nothing other than the fact that he looks the part. He's not even, I'm like, is he good? I don't know. Sam Ellinger, absolutely not. Jamie Newman, no. The, the guy, and I spoke about this a couple weeks ago, Kellen Mond, when the Panthers are still trying to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback, I found him as an intriguing guy to take in that second round of the Panthers end up not taking a quarterback at eight or trading for Sam Darnold. So Kellen Mond would absolutely be the guy I would take from Texas A&M. Having played under Jimbo Fisher and really finding success the last three years, he's all-time leading passer at A&M, one of the all-time leading passers in the SEC. Now, if you're a four-year starter, you should be able to do that if you're any good. And Kellen Mond's a good player, and there's been talk about him potentially sneaking into the first round. So, yeah, I would take Kellen Mond out of that, what, fivesome of quarterbacks that you listed there. All right, going to get to more of your questions in just a moment. But first, let me tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. Yes, delicious-er. A word, apparently. There's 18 amazing flavors, including six other new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp as well. And you have some of their 12 original flavors like coconut almond. You have toffee almond, double chocolate, salted caramel, and there's also peanut butter brownie. Now, if you're a fan of raspberry flavors and orange flavors and you still want some chocolate, well, you're in luck. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Now you're thinking, okay, 100% chocolate, like, there's no way these things can be healthy at all. Yeah, they're healthy. Built Bars are great for anyone who's health conscious. Built Bars are also great for anyone who's trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And Built Bars is exactly that. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone who's on a keto diet if that's your jam. Go to BuiltBar.com right now where you, with your first purchase, you could potentially earn a free cooler while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15. For 15% off at BuiltBar.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. 
BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on a new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y Odyssey. And one thing there, too, on the Ultimate Mock Draft going on, um, so we had to make picks a couple weeks ago, and my pick for the Carolina Panthers was Trey Lance at eight. And that was no Panay Sue on the board. There was no Justin Fields on the board. That was the best available quarterback. And it was based off of what we would do for the Carolina Panthers. And I've already talked about having a left tackle and all that kind of stuff, but this was before the Sam Darnold trade. So the episode that I was on picking eighth overall was a couple days ago. I did get someone tweet at me being like, Trey Lance, ha ha ha. It's like, well... Yeah, man, I chose that pick before, so I kind of look like a fool and played myself as I've been sitting here telling you guys how this make make any sense to take a quarterback at eight. So, like, I had to kind of re-record it and, and still explain, like, I don't think this should happen. I wouldn't do this, but since I'm locked into this pick and I have been for the last three weeks, this is why the Carolina Panthers should take Trey Lance. So, they do a great job if you guys have been listening to it, but I just want to explain that for anyone who's like, this guy keeps talking about on the podcast every day. Why does it make sense to take a quarterback at eight? But yet he's taking Trey Lance. What the hell? It's like, well, that's what happened. That's the story behind it. But, you know, it is what it is. All right, so back to your mailbag questions before we get out of here on a Friday show. What should Carolina do at backup running back, draft one, sign a vet, or stick with Bonifant or Rodney Smith, who think I think are actually pretty good? And that's Greg who asked that question. Greg, I also agree with you that Reggie Bonifant and Rodney Smith can provide something for the Carolina Panthers at running back. Obviously, it would have been great to have Mike Davis back. But Mike Davis now has an opportunity in Atlanta to be their running back. I imagine the Falcons might draft a guy. There's been, like, Javante Williams, North Carolina kid, played at the University of North Carolina, was a bowling ball monster. I honestly thought he was the best running back in the ACC this year. thought it was ridiculous that Travis Etienne was first-team all-purpose back and first-team running back when he didn't even lead the conference in rushing and total yards like a guy in Javante Williams and Michael Carter who were thought of as running backs three and four in this draft class behind Najee Harris at Alabama, who finished fifth in the Heisman race, and, of course, Travis Etienne of Clemson. But I digress. Like, I would love one of those guys, by the way. Like, second round, if they're like, hey, let's get a running back, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, I'll take one of them for sure. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, So I'm fine with them just sticking with Bonifant and Rodney Smith. If they were going to sign a vet, I think they would have already done that by now. I think Bonifant, Rodney Smith, especially Smith, who I really liked when he was at Minnesota, multiple-time 1,000-yard rusher with the Golden Gophers, played really well a couple years ago in that P.J. Fleck offense when they broke out and won 10 games in the Big Ten West. I think that he showed something at towards the end of last season. Bonifant injured last year. What we've seen, especially that Jacksonville game a couple years ago, that he has the ability, when given a football, to do something. So... I think right now they're fine with him. We could see how things go with camp cutdowns later on. That's the thing. Like the, the roster is not just set in stone today. And it won't be set in stone after the draft either. We still have a months to go before we really figure out who's going to be the initial 53. And even past then, there's still opportunities throughout the season to add guys if you need them. So, per situation, Mike Davis is still here. But I think right now, just stick with who you have 
And potentially, if you can sign a vet down the road, go ahead and do that. Um, Carden Gnome, which I like that. Not Garden Gnome, but Carden Gnome, asking me, how do you feel about Liam McNeil, who's a defensive tackle out of North Carolina State? Again, another North Carolina guy from the Raleigh area. Was really good at State. And State has done a great job recently of going out and recruiting defensive linemen. And we've already, we've seen Bradley Chubb was a first-round pick. You've had guys like B.J. Hill, um, Darian Roseboro. They've been really good lately. And Elaine McNeil has been the next one in line. they got guys coming down the pipe now. Savian Jackson, who was one of the top defensive ends in, North, in the state of North Carolina, coming out of high school a couple of years ago, who I think is going to be really good for state this fall. But this is not the NC State podcast, but still, I like him. This is a very weak defensive tackle draft, according to the draft experts, draft Knicks, the draft nerds. So if he's there, third round, I don't know what I don't know what they say. Third or fourth round, he's available. Panthers still need they still have a need. And he's a pass rusher. Good against the run, but he's a pass rusher. Can be a three technique. So I, I like Elaine McNeil for sure if he's a Carolina Panther, especially since he's a North Carolina guy. Wrong school, but a North Carolina guy first and foremost. Kelvin asked me another quarterback question. How do you feel about a later round quarterback pick like Trask or Mon, provided we pick offensive line in the first round? See, that would be a second round pick. And at that point in time, I just don't want to give up a second rounder for Trask. Like Mon and Trask, those guys are going in the second round. And at 39, I'm not interested in having either one of those guys. It's not a need. I think they should be focusing on building around Sam Darnold, giving him stuff to, to make him better. So at 39, I'd be fine if they got like a guard or obviously, you know, a corner if they liked one of those corners or even a wide receiver. But a quarterback, definitely not. When you have P.J. Walker and you have Will Greer, continue to develop those guys. But at some point, and, I've, and I, I'm going to keep saying, I think they should just keep Teddy Ridgewater, just knowing what they've lost, or at least Sam Darnold being out the last couple of years and missing time, if they want to make sure that they can stay competitive, and I know people don't like Teddy Bridgewater, I think you have a better chance with, with him than Will Greer and P.J. Walker. And the game that P.J. Walker started, that one, the defense to give up a point. P.J. threw two interceptions. He did look good, but I don't think he's that backup quarterback that you need if you want to be a team that's right there in the wild card race and you don't want to have that drop-off if you lose Sam Darnold, if there even is going to be a drop-off from Sam Darnold to Teddy Bridgewater. Hopefully there is, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Corey asked me, what would be your step-grieving process if the Panthers went all-in on quarterbacks like they did defense last year and drafted a quarterback at eight, then again in the third, and again between five and seven? Um... Corey, I would burn down this city if that happens. I wouldn't, but that would... God, don't ever ask me questions like that, man. If they did that, it's just like, I would imagine I'm being trolled. Let's get eight quarterbacks on this roster. That's what they need, eight quarterbacks. Uh, They're never going to do that. Hopefully not. Uh, And then we have some non-Panthers questions, but they are Charlotte-related in terms of sports. So if you guys are Charlotte sports fans, here you go. Russell asked me, he says at least, it's 2031. Are the Panthers and Charlotte FC still sharing Bank of America Stadium? If there is one new joint use stadium, where is it? If there is a separate venue, where are each? Okay, well, no, in 2031 and nine years, they will absolutely not still be at Bank of America Stadium. David Tepper already says that Bank of America Stadium is old and is decrepit and it's not up to standard, blah, blah, blah. And I think it's the worst kept secret in Charlotte that the location of uh, Charlotte Pipe and Foundry right off of Moorhead Street, heading towards Wesley Heights in 77, that's where the new stadium is going to be. And Charlotte FC will be in that new stadium. If they were ever going to put the team at a soccer-specific stadium, it should be at the new renovated Memorial Stadium right off in Elizabeth. But that's not going to happen. So Tepper, for whatever reason, he wants to have the same thing as Atlanta. So hopefully that happens. But, uh, yeah, I, I hate the fact that Charlotte FC is going to be 
playing in the same venue as the NFL team when they should be in a soccer-specific stadium, but it's Tepper's money, and he doesn't want to spend the money to put them in a soccer stadium. And there's another question, soccer-wise. Steven asked me, do you think Charlotte FC is building a genuine soccer culture or just pandering to generic wannabe enthusiasts? In other words, do, you, do they generate authentic substance or are they just assuming people will eat up whatever they produce? Um, probably the latter. Like, there are plenty of people in the city who are truly Charlotte FC fans, even though they've never kicked the ball and they're not going to in 2022. There are people who got tattoos that day, and I thought that was crazy. But, hey, to each his own. Go be all about it. So, yeah, I mean, is it genuine? Yeah, I think they're trying to actually appeal to the genuine people out there. But also, like, this is a business, which here in American sports, as we've seen, if you paid any stuff to this, any attention to the Super League nonsense that went on in Europe, and I'm a big soccer fan of Liverpool, and I was just embarrassed as a Liverpool supporter to see what was going on this past week. But the culture over there, sports-wise, is different. Those sports fans do not take any – they don't eat it. They don't care what these billionaires want. They are not going to allow these people – to tarnish reputation of their clubs. While here in America, if a billionaire like David Tepper says he wants to build a stadium and the city council says no, then he'll threaten to go to Rock Hill or that he'll threaten to move to St. Louis, even though he hasn't said that. And also, we've already seen football. The NFL does not work long-term in St. Louis. Like, we have 30-something viable cities in the U.S. when it comes to NFL teams especially, but pro sports, period. And for whatever reason, these city councils are somehow beholden to these billionaires who want all these tax breaks and all this city money and incentives to stay when they really ain't got nowhere to go. Like that was the thing with Carolina Panthers fans were freaking out about, Oh man, Jerry Rich is going to sell the team. Is a new person going to move the team, move the team where, why would they move the team out of Charlotte? Seeing all the business that's coming here, seeing how many people are moving here. Where the hell are they going to go? Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota. There's nowhere else to go in the country. Of course they're going to stay here in Charlotte. So I have no idea how genuine the soccer community is going to be here in Charlotte. I think there will obviously be people who genuinely love soccer and there will also be people who just want to find something to do. But listen to my podcast, the 704, where I do, I actually had a, a long conversation about the future of soccer in Charlotte. And I also had a little take on a, the Charlotte FC, the ticket prices. So there's some non Panther stuff that is kind of still related because David Tepper is the team. So, you know, not out of bounds for me here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. So that wraps up this week and another edition of Locked On Panthers podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, even though it's a little bit on the fritz, but still subscribe. Uh, check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Odyssey. Um, I think that got it all covered there, pretty much wherever you find your podcast. And you can make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'm going to need your questions for next week's mailbag. Uh, thank you. I love y'all. Have a great weekend. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.